Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallat. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sutkus. Together, we host the Silver Screen Savers podcast, and today we're talking about the fall 2022 movie season. It's my favorite time of the year. There's a lot to discuss. The end of the summer was quite, quite slow. A couple of disappointments here in August, so thank you to all the listeners who stuck with us through this really slog of a month. Believe me, you are in our hearts. You're not forgotten. But the floodgates are opening with the fall festivals project released strategically for Oscars, for box office. We're going to get into it all. Of course, first, we're going to start with our weekly watch list. So, Matt, why don't you tell us what you've been watching this week? Well, first of all, it's great to be back. Um, Yeah, we missed you. I I did watch a few things over the last couple weeks. Uh, The first one I want to talk about is Orphan First Kill. That is the totally unexpected, at least unexpected to me, prequel to the movie Orphan from 2009 which I haven't seen since probably the early 2010s but I remember it being pretty good Mm -hmm. this movie holds a special place in my this movie holds kind of a special category for me in that it's one of those movies like old from last year like Malignant from last year, where it's so campy that you get more entertainment from just laughing at how... I don't even want to say it's bad, because it could have very well been intentional. It's just so it's so campy that you get a whole other level of entertainment just from how campy it is. Oh, yeah. I love movies like that. Often better than middling movies. But, um... This movie, if nothing else, it does have a really good twist to it, which I don't want to say more, but the twist justifies its existence. And if you've seen the first movie, it does a really good job of taking what you expect from the first movie and doing something new with it. The acting isn't great. The writing is, and the, the writing and the dialogue is not spectacular, but I had a blast while watching it. It's just absolutely nuts. And I definitely recommend it, but it's also one of those rare movies I'd recommend seeing the first one before the prequel, even though you know what's going to happen by the end of the prequel. Because again, it kind of plays with the expectations of what you think is going to happen if you've seen the first movie. Where can you find this? This is on Paramount+. Plus. All right. And, and I also finally got a chance to see the Candyman reboot slash sequel from last year with Yaya Abdul-Mateen and I uh, I really enjoyed it uh, it wasn't best movie ever but I thought it did a lot of cool stuff it served as a decent continuation of the Candyman franchise while also doing some new stuff um, I thought the acting was solid the writing was pretty solid the horror it wasn't I guess it wasn't as quite as horrific as I would have expected but it comes with a lot of like interesting social commentary and sort of parallels to real life in this context of with this sort of this basically supernatural being, if that makes sense. Yeah, sounds awesome. Tyler, did you watch anything? Yes, I watched uh, a great film called The Guest, 
which I, after further reading, this is apparently supposed to be more campy. So like, I guess props to them for it was ridiculous, but it wasn't good in like a campy way. It was just hilariously bad. Like I get you like, oh, it's trying to be campy, but you got to make a good movie still. Like you can't just use that as an excuse. Like some of this was so cheesy that it was just like, this isn't even funny. This is just terrible. Like, so I don't really know what the intended thing was. It's about this guy who shows up to the door of this family who recently lost their son in Afghanistan, I believe. And he's like, hey, I'm your your friend. I'm your son's best friend in the military. Like, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm going to stay with you for a while. And I'm just like, that's, that's very weird. <laughs> so they invite him in. He's like the nicest guy and everyone loves him. But the daughter is like, I don't think he's who he says he is. And then you get ridiculous lines, like, when she's, like, bring, questioning him when, like, a murder happened. She's like, we don't know anything about him. And her father's like, young lady, he was in the military, you don't speak bad about him. <laughs> Just like, this is so <laughs> the only good part is Lance Reddick, who is honestly one of my favorite actors i think he's so underrated he has the dumbest role but he just hams it up and like he tries to play it serious and it's hilarious like over the top serious for a dumb role the the twist is stupid there's a scene where like they have this cgi gunfight like it really bad effects like it looks like like someone made it themselves like an amateur filmmaker made it everybody makes Um, something themselves yes fair enough but i mean it makes it makes it look like someone who's never made a movie before made this scene because like you could see they they clearly posted like the um muzzle flash and stuff on like over the scene and there's a scene where like People are waiting, like, these guys show up armed to get this guy, and I'm spoiling this movie, but don't watch this movie. <laughs> so, he comes out with a laundry basket, and it sees all these guys holding guns who are there looking for him. They turn and look at him, and he has time to drop the basket, pull a gun, and shoot, like, ten of them. That's they're, like, all trying to lift their guns. <laughs> it's the dumbest They're movie. heavy guns, man. They're they heavy, do. heavy guns. And I'm like, what is, like, if even if it's supposed to be campy, it just comes off as so stupid that, like, it's not even interesting. Like, you could have made this so much better, and everyone seems to love it. It's got a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got, like, a 68% audience rating, which is much more realistic for what this is. How much do you guys weigh intentionality into your judgment of a movie? Like if a movie was going yeah, for something, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think just because it's supposed to be campy that absolves it of it being bad. Yeah, it'll like, never make me like love a movie if it has good mm-hmm. intentions. I don't yeah. know. It depends on the movie. If you're making a campy movie, I have to be entertained by it. And most yeah. of this, I was just like, this is stupid. I don't know why I sat and watched this film. I just became invested in this dumb film. Had to see it through. When a movie is so bad that Tyler has to, like, tell us about how bad it is immediately. <laughs> so I had, I needed to tell people about this movie. I was just sitting here. Also, the dumbest ending imaginable just, just ends, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, it literally has the dumbest finale. And what else did you watch? I also watched Where the Crawdads Sing, which I will say is a good movie to take your girlfriend's mom to. Great recommend, man. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, this was a, I mean, Mike, you you reviewed this a couple weeks ago. Um, I think I was a little higher on it than you were, but it was very dull, a little slow. It just kind of like, they, they wove like courtroom drama in it that like kept fading into the background and then they bring it back and like, oh yeah, I forgot that there's like another story going on here because you're, you're keeping me in the past too long. 
So, yeah, it just was kind of a, like, a movie that just, like, all of a sudden just ended, too. Like, it's like, okay, and this is how it wraps up. I'm like, all right, great. <laughs> I don't... I don't know how this movie is still in theaters. Like, I really don't... That's what I was wondering. It must be making some sort of money for it to still... Because I was checking for this upcoming weekend, and I'm like, where the Crawdads thing is still playing? So people have got to be going... And again, it's not like a terrible movie. It's just like dull, dull, dull. Off of a book that I really liked. So, yeah, whatever. It's It's got that Reese Witherspoon money pushing it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true. No, it's the Daisy Edgar Jones poll. <laughs> I, she's she's I don't know. fine in this. That's that's the best I can get. Everyone yeah. in this is fine. No no one stands out really. Everyone does a a perfectly good actorly acting job in this. <laughs> exactly, that's correct. I only watched uh, one new thing. I've been watching a bunch of stuff for podcasts in the future. For stay stay tuned for that. Uh, but one new movie that I watched is called Hatching. It's a Finnish movie about a girl whose mother accepts nothing less than perfection. She is a gymnast. She's got to do her gymnastics perfectly. Her mom's on social media all the time. But when the girl finds an egg in the forest and brings it home, what hatches out of the egg threatens their idyllic life. It's directed by Hanna Bergom and written by Ilhe Rautzi. Really like this movie. It's on Hulu if you're interested. Has one of the creepiest creatures I've seen in a while. The way they animate it is so like incongruent with the live action stuff that it's this really unsettling, effective uh, sort of presence it has. Very smart about perfectionism, specifically in the context of social media invading our regular lives, right? Because we can't really show any vulnerability or like the ugly parts of yourself online the more we are on online the more of our lives we put in front of a camera that means there's no room for you to be imperfect right there's no time for you to sort of have your ugly side and deal with it privately because we're always online having said all that critical stuff it's great with the ideas but just as a watching experience it does not sacrifice story it's so good it's bizarre it's thrilling it's really cool and fascinating if you're someone who doesn't usually watch international movies, I'd say please give it a chance if you're a horror fan. This isn't like the scariest movie ever. I don't think it's trying to be, but it is in like the horror creepy range. Or, or give any foreign film a chance. You know, if you're not sure which ones you might like or you're looking for a specific genre and you're interested, uh, reach out to us. We'll give you some suggestions. All right, we're moving what? now. You said What's that was up? a finished movie? Yes. That's better than an unfinished movie. Aha. Good, good stuff. You guys are really, really heavy with the puns today. Now you'll see those Finnish <laughs> listeners. Uh, I mean, I we hope love you, so. Finland. Yeah, we love Finland and every other country that is is listening to us and every other one. All right, let's move to the fall film festival circuit, the theatrical releases, all the buzz, all that kind of stuff. What we're going to do is each of us is going to give our top five most anticipated movies for the rest of 2022. And then if you guys have been listening to the show, you know that I'm going to name about 90,000 other ones. So, Matt, we're going to start with you. Your number five. Um, so I do want to start with a couple honorable mentions because it was kind of tough to narrow this one down to five. All right. Uh, I'm not going to name 90 billion because I figured most of them you were going to get covered if I didn't mention them. Ones I'm really excited for... Uh, see how they run the Who Done It that's coming out in like a week or two with Sam Rockwell, Saoirse Ronan, and Adrian Brody. Mm-hmm. Um, looks pretty solid. 
Uh, the trailer looked pretty good. Another one I just saw the trailer for recently called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. Have you guys heard of that one yet? I certainly have. This is the follow-up to Best Picture winner Peter Farrelly uh, after Green Book. So does that is it Peter Farrelly? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, um, it's Zac Efron playing a man who goes to Vietnam during the war to hand deliver them American beers, the soldiers. Um, I think it looks pretty promising. It's coming to Apple TV Plus and Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel. Pretty stoked for that. But my actual number five is going to go to the Hellraiser reimagining, we'll call it, on Hulu coming out in October. It's funny. It it's it comes out in basically a month. We haven't really seen much from it other than a still of Jamie Clayton as a new reimagined pinhead. Uh, but I'm on board, especially considering how well they did with Prey earlier this year. I think that the folks at 20th Century Studios definitely, well, I can't say definitely, most likely, I'm confident that they would have picked a good team for this. And it looks like they have. They got director David Bruckner, the writers of The Night House, and David S. Goyer. So, right, yeah. some pretty solid people behind it. Um, for just in time for Halloween, a new Hellraiser movie, I'm all in for that. Are you a fan of the original Hellraiser? Yeah, I um, I've only actually ever seen the original Hellraiser, but I remember that it's probably one of my favorite horror movies besides Halloween. I think it's really good. It's also probably one of the grossest movies that I have seen. Most of it like holds up though. It looks really great. The only stuff that doesn't look good, and I'm not gonna like blame them for this, is like the electricity that comes out of the cube. Like, that's the only thing, but, like, all the body stuff, like, looks incredible. The first, like, reanimation scene where, like, the two legs and all the, but, like, it looks so good. I, I'm, I'm so impressed with how well that held up. Yeah, I'm excited for this, too. I haven't read too much about what exactly this is going to be. You use the word reimagining, and that is how it's been presented. I don't know exactly what that means. Like, I don't know if it's going to be, like, a soft reboot or a remake or what this is. Well, if it's anything, like I said, like, along the lines of Prey, where it takes the familiar IP and familiar characters, but does something pretty original and new with them, uh, then I'm, um, I'm totally in for it. Yeah, it is interesting, and I don't mean to, like, go too long on this, but, like, Pinhead isn't, like, even in most of the original Hellraiser, so I'm, I'm curious as to what they're going to do. Uh, Tyler, what's your number five? My number five is Wendell and Wild. It's an upcoming, like, stop-motion comedy horror movie by Henry Selleck. Um, yes, Henry Selleck. Yeah. Um, who was the director of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline, the ones I know of that he did. Um, this one is interesting because this is his only second film, feature film, that he's written after Coraline. And he's writing it with Jordan Peele, so that could be really good. Um, and it's also reuniting Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key as the two main characters, so I'm pumped to see that. Yeah, I, I think this looks incredible. I Henry Selleck is one of my favorites. I love him. There, like The details on this were very scant for a while, and then I'll, I assumed it was going to come out in October just because of the subject matter, but it was like not a lot of fanfare for this, which kind of annoyed me, but I'm just going to wait and see it. 
I think a trailer for it just dropped today, didn't it? Yeah, I did. Well, I actually I watched like twenty seconds of it, and then I'm like, I'm I'm done. I'm just waiting because you know, I've I've had a bad relationship with trailers in like the last year or so. It's giving <laughs> nope. too much away. Yes, exactly. And again, not the movie's fault, but just how it is. Uh, my number five is Women Talking. This is about a group of Mennonite women who are assaulted in the night by the men of their community. They have to meet and decide what to do about the attacks and where they want to go. Do they want to fight? Do they want to leave their community? Basically, what their what is their future going to look like? Directed by Sarah Pauly, who's done really cool movies away from her stories we tell. And this is based on the book by Miriam Taos. Uh, Miriam Taos, sorry. Really excellent book. Read it recently, and it's a book that delves into such honest complexity in a, in a way that a lot of other books do not. Awesome characters, and they're going to be played here by Francis McDormand, Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, amongst others, uh, premiering at Toronto. Seems to have gotten really good responses so far. I just wanted to ask you guys, you know, because Claire Foy is in this. I remember back in 2018, Claire Foy seemed like she was going to blow up as the biggest movie star. That year, she was in First Man. She was in Unsane, the Steven Soderbergh. And she was in that Girl in the Spider's Web, which was the Girl in the Dragon Tattoo sequel that I think they thought was going to do well, then bombed, I think. I, like, am I just crazy? Do you guys remember that at all? Because that was a big thing in my mind. I think she was on The Crown around the same time. Okay, not registering. No, no, sorry. No. Okay. I just thought it was going to happen. And there's another another star I would I would say the same thing of coming up. Matt, what's your number four? All right, my number four, probably going to be the only mention of Marvel on this list, unless you guys have it higher up than me. But Black Panther Wakanda Forever, it features Wakanda being pitted against intervening world powers as they mourn the loss of their King T'Challa. And first of all, I've seen this trailer so many times already since they dropped it, and it still gives me chills. Chadwick Boseman's absence, it weighs heavy on this one. But um, I that with that said, the Wakandans still have a laundry list of players in their community. Uh, Tyler, what's your number four? My number four is See How They Run, which Matt had mentioned earlier. I just think thing when I just think this one looks really cool, I, uh, real fun. I don't really know that much about it other than I've seen one trailer for it, but it gave me like a Wes Anderson vibe, so I'm all there for it. Um, and I love um, I can't even think of his name, Sam Rockwell. Um, so he's usually great in whatever he's in. So I'm I'm along for the ride. Could you define Wes Anderson vibe? No, it's a hard thing to, to describe. I don't know, like quirky characters, zany-like environments, you know? You know what it is. You know what it is. It's hard to describe, but you know what it is. Sam Rockwell is one of my favorites. And speaking of Wes Anderson and Saoirse Ronan, Saoirse Ronan, same thing with Claire Foy. Like, back in 2017, it seemed like she was going to be the biggest movie star in the world. And she's done a couple of good projects since, you know, Ammonite, and then she was in the French Dispatch for two seconds. She does some other good stuff, but I just feel like she hasn't been as as present, which I'm not saying is a knock on her or anything like that. I just, I, I expected her to be in um, much bigger movies a few years ago, but it's only been a few years. She's in her late 20s, so we'll see. 
My number four is the whale. This is about a 600-pound man who tries to reconnect with his teenage daughter and reckons with their fractured past. Directed by Darren Aronofsky, a director I adore. He's I just love how he does different things every time. He's just most often always interesting. Plus, he he produced two travel shows, one with Chris Hemsworth and one with Will Smith. Which is the most <laughs> random. Is that the one with Will Smith slapping animals? Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys, somebody online. He goes to Europe to slap people. Made a video of Oscar <laughs> from Shark Tale slapping Marty from Madagascar. <laughs> and it's so funny. So I watched it like 10 times in a row when I saw it. So congrats to whoever made that. Thank you very much. Uh, but The Whale, it's based on a play by Samuel D. Hunter. I've read it. it's a really, really good play. I think it's going to make a good movie. This one's got Brendan Fraser coming back into the spotlight. Sadie Singh, Kong Chow, Samantha Morton premiered at Venice. Already seems to be getting good response. I don't know if you guys saw the video of Brendan Fraser kind of getting a standing up. It was very, very emotional. It was so nice to see him back. It was nice to see him happy about that. Also just showed that like, I don't, what do you do during a standing ovation? How many times can you wave at the crowd? You know what I mean? Like Just keep waving until they stop. And I know they do this at some of the festivals, but I heard one like 13 minutes. What are you doing for 13 minutes clapping? Seems like a waste of 13 minutes. I'm talking about the physical act of, all right, it's been seven minutes. I'm going to go for six more minutes of clapping. Because I thought this was so good. I clapped at the end of Cyrano and nobody else did. And that was BS. All right, Matt, how about your number three? Well, my number three was also The Whale. Oh, sweet. You covered most of my points. Um, One thing I read recently, though, this movie's already getting backlash. Because people are claiming that the whole portrayal of a 600-pound man is fatphobic and... Oh, okay. I mean, I can't speak to it. I haven't seen the film. Uh, yeah. I, as a fat person, I, I think that I think that's a bit of a stretch. As a fellow fat person, six hundred pounds is not healthy under any condition. So I don't like. I mean, you don't shouldn't be shamed for it. But no, I'm not saying like, you should be shamed for it. But people I, I always got to find nits to pick, and that that's kind of frustrating. But um. I'm excited for it. All the same reasons Mike said. That's yeah, about so it. Do, yeah. Tyler, you're number three. My number three is Amsterdam, which David O. Russell's new film, which uh, David O. Russell uh, has some things come out about him that isn't yeah. great. So, you know, I'm kind of separating the artist from the art here. But I just think the movie looks fun uh, once again. I really don't know much about it. The uh, description is basically just three friends, a doctor, a nurse, and an attorney become the prime suspects in a murder in the 1930s. The trailer doesn't give away too many spoiler things, but it's just the interactions between the large ensemble cast that really um, are pulling me in. Uh, you got Christian Bale and Margot Robbie and John David Washington as the three main characters, but just every other Chris Rock is in it. Uh, Robert De Niro, Rami Malek. This was my Adam number Taylor two, Joy. so I have the whole list written out oh, here. Okay, so I'll let you do that when you <laughs> talk about yours. Uh, <laughs> I'll let him read the cast off to you because I'm just naming names off the top of my head right now. 
but yeah, so I mean, not, not much has been spoiled about it, which I don't find I don't find that like an issue. Um, I think it still looks pretty good, so I'll definitely go to see that. I do too. I just wonder. You know, I get. I have to. I have to agree with you, David O. Russell. One of my favorites. I think his movies are so fascinating. Um, one of his movies, like, literally helped me mentally. But you know, there are some problematic things. I just wonder, from somebody who is not sure if they want to go to the movies, we're gonna go to the movies anyway. But for people who are not, does not knowing what a movie is about, like, encourage them to see the movie? I like I don't know the answer. I'm just wondering because I have no idea what this movie is. You read the description and that clarified it. I kind of got that from the trailer, but yeah, but I did, I still didn't even know that we're like the <laughs> kind of, but still. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. This is maybe in our year of end show we can have a big talk about trailers and marketing because there's been a lot of incongruency with the trailers and the marketing this year. Uh, my number three is The Banshees of Inishirin. This is about two friends who fight when one of them suddenly ends their friendship for no reason. Written and directed by Martin McDonough. Again, another person who, even if I don't think his projects are always perfect, he's at least always interesting. Stars Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. The last time these three were together, they made the movie In Bruges, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. If you're anybody who's looking to learn about the structure of a story of a screenplay, watch that. I, I just think it's absolutely amazing. Uh, this is also premiering at Venice. I, I've read it's releasing on October 21st. The dates are dates are very variable right now, so we will see. This one also seems to be getting good reception, uh, but we'll see. Matt, you said your number two is Amsterdam, right? Yeah, but I wanted to just add one thing onto the onto yours. Okay. So all that said, it, it really really seems like this is quite the year for Colin Farrell if that movie is as good as it looks. Yeah, I wrote about this in my review of 13 Lives. Um, he, the Batman, he had After Yang, 13 Lives, which was not a great movie, but he was pretty good in. And I think in this, he, this looks like the best one, at least to me. So I, I'm here for it. Yeah, me too. All right, so Matt, you said your number two was Amsterdam, right? Yeah, um, so since Tyler stole my thunder a little bit here. You didn't put your list down. I mean, I had nothing to go on. <laughs> I know, it's fine. Um, so I, I am just going to list the ensemble cast of Amsterdam, because why not? Um, so we got Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, J.D. Washington, as Tyler mentioned. We also got Anya Taylor-Joy, Robert De Niro, Michael Shannon, Zoe Saldana, Timothy Oliphant, Rami Malek, Andrea Riseborough, Taylor Swift, Mike Myers, Alessandro Nivola, and Chris Rock, among others. I cast slaps. Yeah. No, it, it is slapped. What if it gets uh, slapped. Michael Shannon is playing the same character as in Bullet Train? <laughs> I hope so. That'd be awesome. <laughs> no, that was bad. That, that was bad. <laughs> and I love Michael Shannon. Uh, sorry, th that whole segment got kind of sloppy, but it's fine. Tyler, what's your number two? My number two is Pearl, which is coming out in a couple weeks. Um, this is the sequel to X, Ty West's film from earlier this year, which I really enjoyed. I love that we got a great slasher 
in the year of our Lord 2022. Uh, and the potential for two is incredible. And both together, they were filmed together, I believe. Yeah. Or was, mm-hmm. Yeah, they were filmed all together. So that's kind of nuts. That's such a gamble. And I'm glad it paid off. I'm glad he's getting a chance to show more of this universe. Because I really dug the first one, so I'm excited for the second one. I completely agree. Uh, Stay tuned in a couple of weeks for our thoughts. And we'll also be talking about the filmography of Ty West if you want to catch up on that beforehand. My number two is Pinocchio. Which one? That's that's, I was waiting for it. (laughs) Is it GDTs? So here's the thing, is that (laughs) the day we're recording this, it's premiering in a couple of days. The Zemeckis one is premiering in a couple of days on Disney Plus, I, I believe. I yeah, it's so. a Disney Plus Day exclusive. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Disney Plus Day. Disney Plus Day. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm going to be watching that one, and we're going to compare the two at the end of the year. But that is not my number two. My number two is the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio I don't need to explain what Pinocchio is, but it is the classic character, the wooden boy, apparently in 1930s fascist Italy. If there's one thing Guillermo del Toro loves to do, it's to take non-human characters, make them as human as possible, and have them in a war-torn era. That that is, and he does that excellently, and he's done it a few times now. But it's always it's weird great. that he's done it a few times. <laughs> You know, Devil's Backbone, Pan's Labyrinth, all good. Uh, this is directed by him and Mark Gustafsson. The teaser looked great. The stop animation looked wonderful. I really love this. And also, it's going to be the first subject of our Mirror Movie Matchup episode, Pinocchio versus Pinocchio. So I'm excited for that. And Matt, give us your most anticipated movie of the fall season. I'm sure you guys can already guess what it is. I know what it is. It's Is Pearl. It the one I just said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, of course, it's Pearl, man. I I loved X so much earlier this year. I was so stoked on that movie, um, and I I just I I'm I'm unreasonably stoked about this more than bodies, bodies, bodies. Wow, something took its place. I know, I know. As soon as as soon as we saw BBB, I changed my my lock screen from that poster to the pearl poster so it's legit um it's at like tyler said it's the prequel to x which was again one of my favorite movies of the year so far it's amazing that we're getting two movies in this universe in the same year i liked mia goth a lot in the last one especially doing the dual roles but i i think she looks absolutely flawless in this um it was directed by Ty West. It was actually written by Ty West and Mia Goth, which is pretty cool. Oh, sweet. Um, and like X and House of the Devil, it just it looks to be both a nice homage to the aesthetic of like the time period it takes place in, plus you know, a pretty original idea and narrative and really just kind of diving into what made Pearl into what she was in X, and I'm really excited to see how that plays out. I couldn't agree more. Tyler, you're number one. Is this come to a surprise? Does this come as a surprise to anyone? No. It is Blonde. <laughs> I, I mean, if you want to know why I'm excited for Blonde, just listen to any of our past episodes. I'm sure I've talked about it. Um, just Ana de Armas, X-rated film. Absolutely sign me up. <laughs> NC-17. 
I'm sorry, NC-17, whatever they call it. It's all nonsense anyway. It, you, you know, it's not that bad. You, you know why it's NC-17. It's not for the reason you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> There's a good chance that you are just massively disturbed and disappointed. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I don't is, want you to you know, know I've hyped this up too much, and if that's the case, I'm going to cry. So I hope that's not the case. Just make sure your microphone's on when you do. I'm honestly just kind of interested in seeing an NC-17 movie. Like, I don't think we've ever been old enough to see, like, a mainstream NC-17 movie, or at least not one that I can remember. So I'm just, I'm fascinated as to what they think really warrants this kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like it, it could all be done as publicity. So that's another thing. Like, it's not that bad. It's just like a publicity stunt. Yeah, could be. Because, I mean, that's all the marketing for this movie. It's just like, it's NC-17. Check out the new trailer for the NC-17 film block. <laughs> as far as marketing goes, they really got to step their game up, because Don't Worry Darling is by far leaving them in the dust. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> As far as manufactured controversy. I think the marketing team is just having a field day because they're like, we didn't. They're washing their hands. Like, we didn't have to do anything. This is <laughs> this is great. That's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna get to that in a minute. Um, my number one is a movie I also don't really know anything about, but it doesn't matter because the person who made it and all the people who worked with him are absolutely fabulous. My number one is Babylon. This is a movie set during Hollywood's transition from the silent age to talkies. I don't really know what the story is. I don't really care. It's an ensemble with Diego Calva, another Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Spike Jones. I think Flea is in this. A bunch of other people. And most importantly, it is written and directed by Damien Chazelle, writer and director of Whiplash, La La Land, First Man. The guy doesn't miss. He is absolutely sublime. I love him so much. Give me everything Damien Chazelle. That's my number one, Babylon. And they're making me wait all the way until the end of the year to see it, which is annoying me. I just hope it's not like another Cyrano where they're like, oh, it's coming out at the end of the year. Just kidding, it's coming out in February. Just kidding, it's coming out in April. No, I don't think that would happen to a Chazelle project with Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. And I'm not saying that like Joe Wright is not as important a director but that that was such a bungled release strategy sorry to keep going on about it but i'll be mad about that for that was also way more covid like related it was covid related i also it was never just gonna be as big an oscar player anyway whereas babylon is going to be um so that that's also part of it even though it should have been it was awesome all right some others here in September, here are some things you can check out. Did either of you guys watch Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, premiered on Peacock and was in some theaters? I'm about halfway through. How, how is it so far? I, it's actually pretty funny. Okay. I will give it that. It's enjoyable. I had one other person tell me it was bad, so I, I've heard like a lot of mixed things about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there are definitely some stupid parts. I'm not going to say it's a perfect movie, but there are parts I enjoyed. Wait, so can can I just like confirm it's like a mockumentary style, right, about a mega church? Yes. Correct. Okay, good. I, I've just heard so many 
mix things, but okay. I, I, I might check that out then. Uh, the Zemeckis Pinocchio. It looks delightful. It looks just like a fun time. Tom Hanks is doing another like really goofy role. I'm here for it. People, people make fun of Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis is incredible. He has made some really bad movies. I will, I will give people that. <laughs> <laughs> like really low lows. But his highs are the highest highs. This guy made Back to the Future. I won't say Forrest Gump because people get mad at Forrest Gump, but I love Robert Zemeckis. All right, so that rant's over. Uh, Barbarian, new horror movie about this really bad Airbnb stay, if I'm not mistaken. I've heard really good things about it. We're going to talk about it on the show. I I hadn't heard about this one very far in advance. I saw it like kind of slated in like July or something, but there weren't really that many details about it. So I, if it's really good, then that would be awesome. Moon Age Daydream is a David Bowie documentary. Do you guys have any interest in that? I think I saw the trailer. I thought it looked pretty good. I don't know if I'm going to necessarily go out of my way for it, but if if, you know... If the pieces fall into place where I get to go see it, then cool. Yeah, I just, I mentioned this when we were talking about Summer of Soul, which is a movie that I really loved. I just don't really care about music docs. I don't know what it is about it. I just watch it and they list the things that people have done. They show some concert footage and I'm not trying to like belittle them or anything. In fact, many of them are like incredibly made. I just find that I don't care. Even for artists that I really love, I'm just like, okay, I'm just not that interested. Tyler, what about you? Uh, I would definitely see it at some point. I'm not really going to run out to the theaters like Matt said, but, you know, at some point maybe I'd throw it on. But, yeah, like you said, I'm not really that big into the music documentaries. Like, I don't really need to know every aspect of these musicians' lives that I listen to. (laughs) Did you know that the Elton John ate cheerios before every concert like no that does does nothing for me yeah i agree <laughs> you, you know what music documentary you need to see is the woodstock 99 one or ones because i think there's more than yeah, one like now. All 10 the, of them now the hbo one or one the i watched the hbo one it was it was fascinating yeah the hbo one is the one i saw i didn't want the netflix one is like a little three episodes something right yeah i didn't see that one i feel like i got enough from the other yeah. one yeah I mean, same. The Woman King, new movie, Viola Davis starring, directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood, who's a really great director. If you've never seen Love and Basketball, if you've never seen Beyond the Lights, those are really great movies, especially Love and Basketball. Uh, I'm excited for that one. Looks good, looks thrilling. What's that? I hate I hate the trailer music. Yeah. I need to stop with these tra- bad trailer songs. It's... What they really need to stop doing is just taking one soundbite and looping it over <laughs> and over and over. Like, stop. <laughs> exactly. Stop <laughs> it. You're going to die. Stop. Enough. Oh, I forgot to mention Smile on my, on my oh, honorable mention. number one. Believe me, it's listed here. We're getting to it. Don't you worry. Turn that frown upside down. There's also... There's also a new Fletch movie. It's called No Confess Fletch. I was just in the city where this this movie this movie filmed some scenes. Worcester, Mass. <laughs> the the famed Chevy Chase character Fletch is going to be portrayed by John Hamm. I I don't 
I'm not trying to insult Fletch at all. I don't know who in the world was calling yeah. for a new Fletch movie. <laughs> yes. Was there a single person I was like, I really wish we had some more Fletch. Yeah. I know Fletch lived, but I gotta see it. Like, I just, I don't, I really don't understand it. I Like, I would give it a shot. I have no issue with it. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, of all the things to reboot, Fletch. Okay, cool. But it'll be good. I trust in John Hamm. The character's funny. We'll see. <laughs> don't worry, darling. You guys want to tackle this one? I don't want to oh, get. I'll let Matt handle. <laughs> I don't want to get too deep into the weeds. I mean, you guys can talk about nah, it. Let's let uh, I want. Let, we can pass on this one. We'll we'll just let that simmer down a bit. There's a lot of stuff going around that hasn't been confirmed. So I don't want to. Yeah get into the drama that you know start speculating and perpetuating false rumors if there are false rumors so the only... our next guest shia labeouf will shed some light on the no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. let's Dude. let's just let that one go for a little bit longer we if you know by the time we talk about it on the show if that if it's worth if there's anything worth talking about we can mention it then yeah the only things i will say is that as we've alluded to, this is like the biggest tabloid movie I have seen in such a long time. Like, I don't remember the last time there was this much drama surrounding the production of a movie. And I, I can't, I have to wonder, like, what's going to be the combination of the sensational drama and the actual quality of the movie? Does it help if does the sensationalism help the movie if it's good? What if it's all sensational and then the movie's like kind of mediocre? Is it going to get more beat up? I like this is going to be a super interesting case study, but again, we won't we won't get into too many details right now. I'll just ask you guys this. You think it's going to be good? I think it'll be pretty good. It looks interesting. Well, at the beginning of the year, I saw Florence Pugh and Harry Styles in a movie and i was like cool like that sounds fun especially because i like florence Pugh a lot um then i saw the trailer and i was not really wowed by the trailer so all the controversy aside i'm just kind of in the middle of the road we'll see what happens yeah that's fair i remember i was very electrified the first time i saw the trailer and then it's i i think it'll still be entertaining but we'll see we have Bros. The looks like it's going to be a romantic comedy. I believe Billy Eichner wrote it, and Nicholas Stoller is going to direct it. I think it looks good. I, oh, I, I hope it's a I, success. I had a completely opposite reaction to this. Think I was it looks like, bad. This looks so goddamn stupid. Really? <laughs> yeah, I thought it looked awful from the trailer. Oh, I think it looks all right. It has the potential to not be good, but we'll see. What about it? I, looks I mean, bad. I, I love Billy Eichner. So, like, he's heavily involved in this, so I'm assuming it's not going to be... I just didn't have the reaction I intended for it. But, I mean, Billy Eichner usually lands pretty well, so I'll give it a shot. Are you mad that he's not his Billy on the Street character? No, I've seen him in other oh, things. Okay. <laughs> I am. If it's, if it's not Billy on the Street every time, I don't want it. Yeah. Yeah, why isn't he screaming? Why isn't he getting in people's faces? Uh, Hocus Pocus 2 is coming out. I've never seen the first Hocus Pocus, and I suspect it's one of those things that you had to see as a child to have affection for. I could be wrong about that. Have, have either of you seen it? 
I vaguely remember like my sisters watching it as a kid. That's about it. Oh, okay. I, I could not care less about that one. Yeah, I guess no relationship for us. Smile. Yeah. Oh, boy. We'll see. Uh, the Good House. This is a a movie kind of like seems like a romantic dramedy with here's the thing it's Sigourney Weaver and Kevin Klein and thank the lord that in 2022 we're still getting movies that star Sigourney Weaver and Kevin Klein both looking great both seem like they're doing awesome and this is set on coastal I believe in think massachusetts coastal massachusetts starring those two i don't care how mediocre it is i'm watching it Matt, is this um in the same universe as the good wife mm, i don't know that's a good question <laughs> so what one so which one are you going to be more excited for that one or take it to paradise that is going to be coming up in our October section. Don't don't you worry. There will be plenty of energy for it. Don't worry, darling. It's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one, Matt, you mentioned the greatest beer run ever. I think this looks good, but it's one of those that like it looks enjoyable. I could see it going south very quickly. I could see it being good. I have read the book that it's based on. It's an entertaining book. It's an entertaining story. We'll we'll see how the movie is. I I'm I'm kind of mixed. So you think he's gonna run to South Vietnam, the wrong part of Vietnam, <laughs> deliver the beers? <laughs> yeah, he might. That's that's the grand joke of the whole. And then he gets his, <laughs> and then he gets his crotch stuck in his zipper. <laughs> Bringing back something about Mary. All right, October, Tar. People are loving Tar. People are obsessed with Tar. Not Paul Schrader, though. He's very mixed. What did Paul Schrader say? I don't know. I just read a headline that he was very mixed on Tar. Here's the thing about Paul Schrader. He has said some controversial things. <laughs> said some weird things. I will credit one thing he said. When he was making Master Gardener, he like woke up one day and thought he was going to die. And he was like, I could go to the hospital, but then they might not let me out and I'll never be able to complete the movie. So I'm just going to go make the movie. And if I die, I die. Wow, man. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Enough said, Paul Schrader. Love it. Triangle of Sadness, the Ruben Austin movie. Palm d'Or. We'll we'll see. This one seems like it's going to be very good too. Um, I've heard a lot of... Well, n- never mind. I don't want to like critically assess the movie before I see it, so never mind on that. Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile, based on the beloved children's book. It's going to be a CGI crocodile in the city. Is this going to mean anything? Do you think that like children are going to latch onto this movie and years later be like, oh yeah, I love that movie, Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile? They could. They're like another movie in the uh, LLCU. Yeah. <laughs> LLCCU. <laughs> <laughs> I just find these kinds of things interesting. I, I, not I know what market they're playing to, but I'm always interested because this is like this year's Clifford, so I'm curious as to what the reaction the, the, is going to be. When did Clifford actually come out? I remember that movie had like three different release dates, and then I just forgot it existed. I mean, if you really want me to look this up, then I, I will. Just thought you had a vague idea because I remember it was like three times it got pushed back. So. 
Um, November 10th, 2021. Wow, that was even later than I thought. Did anyone see that movie? I don't think I heard a word about that movie. No, because I think they just shoved it on Paramount Plus or whatever. And <laughs> okay. Maybe people watched it, maybe not. Uh, in between episodes of Bar Rescue, maybe they flipped it on <laughs> accidentally. Halloween Ends is coming. We've talked about that plenty. We have... An episode coming in which we're going to speak about all the Halloween films. So if you want to catch up, we'll give you some time to do that. That's going to be a fun discussion. Decision to Leave, the Park Chan-wook new movie. I've heard great things about it. I don't really like want to know anything about it. I just kind of want to go in because uh, very, very trustworthy filmmaker. Till, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, it lo- looks good. I'm excited for it. Do you guys think Black Adam is going to be good? Eh, it'll be fine. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be fine. It had the most generic superhero trailer that's like, do you want to end the world or save it? And I'm like, this. we just saw this in Morbius. This is going to be the most generic, bland, goddamn superhero movie imaginable. And it's got the rock, so they're like, let's attach a big name to this awful, awful thing no one wants to watch. <laughs> I think both of your assessments are entirely possible. The The trailer did seem very constructed to be like a Morbius-level movie. We'll see. We'll see. Which, I thought they were setting up Black Adam to be like the Shazam bad soon. So, like, it's weird that they're making him an anti-hero. Like, it's the same thing Morbius suffered from where they're just at the end like, Hey, you want to kill Spider-Man? Like, where, you, where did that come from? You don't understand. The hierarchy of the DC Universe will forever be changed after this movie. Is the, What is the DC <laughs> Universe right now? It's like a couple of loose movies that they're like, This may or may not be attached to it. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just... I don't get it. And like you said, I also don't get the like, Yeah, well, I kill people. I don't... What is that supposed to do for me? Oh, yeah, this guy kills oh, people. Oh, yeah, that guy's a badass. He kills people. <laughs> he doesn't just stop the bad guys. He ends their life. Like, I don't... doesn't do anything for me. All right, get ready for me to yell, because next I am going to talk about Ticket to Paradise. Here's the IMDb description. It's marvelous. A divorced couple that teams up and travels to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they think they made 25 years ago. And who is this starring? None other than George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Everybody, listen up. Cherish this movie. I don't care if it's bad, because this combo, Julia Roberts and George Clooney as a divorced couple in a romantic-ish comedy kind of movie... It's never happening again. These were the two biggest stars in the world of my childhood. They loomed large in my movie eyes. Love to see them doing something. I don't think it's happening again. So cherish this one. Remember when you were talking about trailers giving too much away? I didn't watch the trailer specifically for that reason. Yeah, you can watch this trailer and literally get the whole movie. Yeah, it played during, I think, Beast. And yeah, it was... Oh, great. Way, way too much given from this trailer. So, yeah, if you want to preserve your enthusiasm, probably don't watch the trailer. I'm probably going to have to. Not that you can't, like, immediately guess what's going to happen right now from oh, just the synopsis. Yeah, You know true. what the great thing about this genre is? I don't care if I know what's going to happen. 
It's about the romantic journey. And that's what I love. My Policeman, movie, another movie starring Harry Styles. We're going to get the answer this year of, is Harry Styles a good actor who can hold our attention on screen? November, we're getting Armageddon Time, often described as James Gray's Roma, sort of based on his childhood. I've heard some like very, very good things about this one, some mixed things. I'm excited for it. I like James Gray a lot. She Said, the movie about uh, Megan Toohey and Jodie Cantor of the New York Times investigating some Harvey Weinstein claims. I mentioned before, read the book, really, really good. The movie, I the movie could go either way. I would. I don't think the trailer really did it any favors. I don't. Know, what do you guys think about that one? I thought the trailer was all right. I just saw it for the first time today before the movie, so I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's kind of like you described with Ticket to Paradise. It yeah. It kind of just looks like what you think it is. I'm. But having said that, I'm really hoping that that's not the case um really how does it compare book. to bombshell it it's that kind of thing is what i will say and like the story is incredible the book is incredible as a movie i i i don't know and maria schrader's directing it and she's really good we will see is what i'll say we'll see the menu this is kind of an opposite example of once i saw the second trailer for this I was much more confident in it. I, I don't know. Is that... Do you guys agree or disagree with that? So this is one of those movies that I feel like I've seen the trailer too early where I'll just keep getting the same trailer hammered into my brain and by the time it comes out, I'm like, I'm just happy that I won't see the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, fair. I just thought the second trailer like still had enough mystery to it but looked less conventional than they kind of made the first one look. Uh, Bones and All, new Luca Guadagnino. Boo! Boo! This movie sucks. Don't see this movie. Why? Because of Tim Chalamet? Yeah, don't don't support Tim Chalamet. It's based on a good book. Uh, he's, I'm I'm ready to love Tim Chalamet. Let me make. Let's make this the year of me loving Tim Chalamet. I'm ready to do it. It it keeps on not happening, but I'm and Taylor Russell is in this, so I wish her all the success in the world. If it doesn't happen this year, it'll happen when Wonka comes out. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really love the Tim. Burton I think it has to happen Wonka. before Wonka comes out. Yeah, or, or, or else it's done. I'm I'm diving into the <laughs> the, the Chaka yeah. River. <laughs> no return yeah. once Wonka comes out. I don't want to view Paradise. This is this, I can't do it. <laughs> uh, Strange World, the new Disney animation movie, looks like an ode to kind of old style sci-fi movies jake gyllenhaal is voicing a farmer i never thought i would hear his voice saying i'm just a farmer i like it just does not vibe with jake gyllenhaal but we'll see that one looks really good the fablemans steven spielberg i don't know if you guys knew this but steven spielberg steven spielberg can make a pretty good movie so we will see and he's can he he can yeah Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen a good Spielberg movie before. Yeah, so. <laughs> he's done it once or twice. You, you kind of, you gotta, you gotta dig to the bottom of the the discount DVD <laughs> barrel to find him. But yeah, he's done a couple of good ones. Yeah, a little unknown. Uh, he's got some hidden gems. Yeah. 
Uh, we also got The Son, the new Florian Zeller, his follow-up to The Father, which was an outstanding movie. This one has Hugh Jackman, so I'm going to love it even more. I'm excited for this one. Also, I have to say this. Florian Zeller may be one of the best names out there. I wouldn't be bad if my name was Florian Zeller. It's just got a lot of flow. Sounds like a Star Wars game. <laughs> it does, kind of, yeah. Have you guys heard about Devotion, the fighter pilot movie? I've seen it. I think I saw a trailer for it recently. Oh, I didn't even see a trailer, but this is starring Glenn Powell and Jonathan Majors, two very good actors. Joe Jonas is in it. It is about elite fighter pilots Jesse Brown and Tom Hudner, who become the U.S. Navy's most celebrated wingmen during the Korean War. Uh, directed by J.D. Dillard. I think it seems pretty good. It seems like one of those that could easily fly under the radar. No pun intended. <laughs> that one really was not intended. I get it. The joke is because Glenn Powell is in Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, hopefully some eyes get on this one if it's good, but I, I don't know. In December, we have Empire of Light. This is Sam Mendes' new movie. Sam Mendes, uh, a very mixed filmography I would say some movies I've very much vibe with and some I very much do not. This is a movie theater set romance with Olivia Coleman and Colin Firth. That's really all you got to say to get me in. I hate when I fall in love with the movies. I really hate it too. Uh, Cinema Paradiso, Italian film, if anyone ever wants to fall in love with the movies. Love that movie. A Man Called Otto. I think this is still coming out. The... Tom Hanks, based on a man called Ove. We'll see. I, I love how Tom Hanks is really just throwing his hat in the ring for all these different projects. Like, every year, he's got a couple of projects that you're like, oh, I didn't even know about that. And he's the world's most beloved movie star. I Want to Dance with Somebody. Uh, directed by Casey Lemons, an amazing director. Eve's Bayou most recently did Harriet with Cynthia Erivo. Whitney is being played by Naomi Aki. I, this is in all the right hands. I think playing Whitney Houston is a monumental challenge, though. I'm very curious as to how they're going to do the singing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about can this we, one. Can we make a music biopic that's just not titled with one of their songs? I was wondering the same thing, but like, it's a pretty good title. Like, we got Rocket Man, we got Bohemian Rhapsody, we got Respect. Come on. Would you rather have this movie be called I Have Nothing? <laughs> I'd rather this movie be called, like, Whitney. Okay, fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious as to how, how this one is going to play. I have confidence in everyone who's working on it. Tough one to pull off, though. And then we have some undated ones, or maybe they're dated now, but I haven't seen White Noise... We kind of got the first teaser of that. Noah Baumbach's adaptation of the Don DeLillo novel. Uh, a book I've read that I don't know how it's going to be adapted. Did you guys watch the teaser for this one? No. You have confidence in it at all? Sure. I'm not that big into Noah Baumbach, to be honest with you. So. Okay, that's fair. He is a, He's a very specific... Um, a feeling to his movies in a very specific like way that his characters behave that 
It's is off-putting to me sometimes. Uh, Causeway, which was originally called Red, White, and Water, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry. I love having Jennifer Lawrence back in our lives. Love it. Although, I think Red, White, and Water is a better title than Causeway. So, I, I don't know why they had to change that. I'm sure there was some good reason. We just got Jennifer Lawrence last year in one of the best movies of the year. We did. We did. Tyler's favorite. And yeah, really, really great, great film. It sucked. It was terrible. Don't watch it. Uh, Bardo, the Alejandro Iñárritu new movie. This is getting very mixed reactions. I think it's nearly three hours long. We'll see. He's a pretty divisive filmmaker. Every time I hear you say mixed reactions, I just imagine like half a theater like giving a standing ovation. Yeah. The other one's like throwing tomatoes at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Two like as far apart reactions as possible. Do they throw tomatoes or water bottles, Tyler? Yeah, you would but that's know at the, that. That's at the fellow moviegoers, not the screen. Come on. It's the fellow <laughs> moviegoers' wife. Why? <laughs> yeah. Ch- check that guy. Has he got a ring on his finger? No, I that don't, guy don't is gonna listen to this podcast. But I knew it was him. <laughs> <laughs> the Good Nurse, Eddie Redmayne, Jessica Chastain, about uh, based on a real life nurse who uh, murdered patients. I read the book. I don't always love true crime stuff. Um, I do. You know, there are a lot of good true crime shows. I don't always love it. This is an excellent true crime book. Master Gardener. I don't know if Master Gardener, the new Paul Schrader, is going to be premiering this year, but yes. Can I just ask two questions about the good nurse? One is, if she's killing people, that makes her not a good nurse. And two, well, no, it's is this part him. of the good wife universe? <laughs> What's? Are you stuck on the good? <laughs> yes, anything with the good. Because they made like three shows in the good wife universe. So it's like the good wife, the good lawyer, like the good Oh, like guy. Chicago? Chicago <laughs> yeah. people. Chicago tax attorneys. What's be- if you had to only watch one for the rest of your life, the good universe or the bad universe? Bad teacher, bad Santa. I would take bad the grandpa. bad. Yeah, yeah bad same. grandpa. Bad's usually better. Bad moms. No, that's terrible. Kelly Riker has a new movie showing up with Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams is going to have a good year, too, with showing up with The Fablemans. Probably going to be up for an Oscar with The Fablemans. But I always love when a Kelly Riker movie comes up. I don't think she always gets nearly enough attention for her films. Lasted First Cow, which is a really delightful movie. So I, I hope some eyes go on this one. And then the last one I got is The Lost King. This one seemed very interesting Starring uh, Sally Hawkins, who I adore more than anything. It's based on the true story of a woman who investigates and finds the remains of King Richard III beneath a parking lot. Seems like a very interesting movie. I'm excited for it. Did you guys have... Go ahead. Is Will Smith reprising his role as King Richard in this (laughs) Yeah, he plays the dead body that is decomposed. (laughs) We're, um... So we're getting two entries into the King universe this this fall, then. What's the second one? The Woman King. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you guys have any movies that I did not list? You did not mention Glass Onion. You skipped it. I thought, didn't Matt, didn't you say that earlier? I, I did it as an honorable mention. Oh, okay, yes. Um, you also didn't mention Meet Cute. 
What is that? It's a rom-com coming to, I think, either Peacock or Paramount. It's got Kaylee Cuoco and Pete Davidson. Oh, that, that's that's why I didn't mention it. <laughs> Let's see. I'm looking this up right now. Everything else you got, you just missed that one. Oh, and Clerks 3. Yeah, Clerks 3 too. What would you do if you could travel to your loved one's past, heal their traumas, fix their problems, and change them into the perfect partner? That sounds like manipulation. Yeah, it does. Yeah, well, those are all the fall movies. We're, we're going to talk about plenty of them. I'll be writing about them on the site. If you, the listener, are, are particularly excited about any of these, you can write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail.com. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ScreensaversPod, and our Facebook is Silver Screen Savers Podcast. Matt, where can you be found online? You can find me at MattyXSturds, S-T-U-R-D-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Tyler. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Sutkus and on Letterboxd at Tyler96. And I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Michael underscore Gallet and on Letterboxd at MGallet. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We can't wait for a fun fall movie season with you guys. Stay tuned. Silver Screen Savers podcast was co-created, written, hosted, and produced by Michael Gallet, Tyler Sutkus, and Matt Sturdivant, with additional editing by Matt Sturdivant. Intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay. Logo design by Nathan Seidel. Thank you.